Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 2nd of March, 2024. Flyers Daily is always presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. As the Flyers fall last night against the Washington Capitals, final score in the game of 5-2. to two. And I think for me, the most frustrating part of the game, the result obviously, but the, the way the result happened, I thought the Flyers played a really good first period. Really good first period. Held Washington to just five shots on goal. I think, look, they only held Washington to 21 shots in the game, and you lose the game 5-2. to two. Um, But played a really good period, and ha- and you came out of it with something. Sometimes you can play a really good period, especially on the road. You can go on, play outplay your opponent in the first period significantly, and you can come out and go, ah, the game's scoreless. We really didn't get anything out of it. We dictated the terms. We controlled the puck. We controlled the play, but it's nothing-nothing or 1-1, whatever. Sometimes you do that, and you're trailing. You're down one nothing. You're like, oh my God, we played, we outplayed the hell out of them in the first period, and we're down one nothing or down two nothing. You're going, what the, what's going on here? That wasn't the case in this game. They outplayed the Caps significantly in the first, and they had some something to show for it—a two goal lead. They get a goal early in the game when Bobby Brink scores just a minute fifty-two in, doing a good job as the third F three trailing a two on one play, and I don't know. I don't know what was going on with Washington defending that play. I thought the two-on-one was defended fine, and it was a really good save initially by Lindgren to keep the initial frost shot out after Owen Tippett set him up. Tippett starts the whole play inside the Flyers' blue line, chipping it past the D and then getting up the ice. Um, But Brink is driving the net hard as F3, and he picks up the loose change. But that is mainly because when you look at the Washington, the way they defended it, they got caught watching, watching the play. And you could see right away when Brink scored the goal, number 21 on your in your program for the Washington Capitals, just putting his arms up in the air like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Why did I not follow that? All the why didn't I follow the player? It's Protus. I just let him. I let bring skate right by me and put it right into the net. It's a mistake. Flyers capitalized. They get on the board early. Just prior to that, one of the two maybe decent scoring chances the Caps had in the first period. Arison made a save after Brink had a really bad turnover in the D zone. Now he got away with it. Arison made the save. They went right up the ice, and then Brink gets the goal. So you go okay. Tragedy avoided. And it's a plus two goal because Erson bails out a turnover and makes a save, and then they go right down the other end of the ice and they get a goal. So you prevent one, and then you go right down the ice and on the same shift and get a goal. So you'll take it. Flyers go up one nothing in the game. Really controlled most of the period. Controlled the play, controlled the puck. Um, maybe about three and a half, four minutes. The Caps had a little bit of pushback in the first, but late in the first, Flyers get on the power play. And caps are sagging back. They're really aggressive on the half walls and down low on attacking the the power play of the opposition. But when the puck got out high, they were sagging back so far that Zamula gets that puck all the way on the boards out at the blue line on the right side of the ice. 
and he sends a cross ice pass that should never get that far because if it got, if they're not sagging back, that pass is intercepted. It's going the other way for a breakaway. You'd never make that pass had they not been sagging back either. But he sends it all the way across to the left side to Owen Tippett. It flips the ice from the strong side to the weak side, and that's all the time Tippett needs. Tippett then gets that puck. He's got his head up. Joel Farabee's migrating in front to take away Lindgren's eyes, and Farabee does something really important. He sets the screen to the middle of the ice, and Tippett reads it because then Lindgren's got to look around the short side, and when he looks around the short side, Tippett just crushes him, just beats him on the long side because he's given up net because he's looking around the screen to the short side. And Tippett, with a perfect shot, gets the power play goal, his 22nd of the year. Flyers go up 2 nothing, And you're going, all right, you're off and running. Good period. Now, you knew the Caps were going to have some pushback in the second period. but And, and the one thing, you, you knew that they were going to push back. And the one thing that you had to do was match their intensity. And you knew there was going to be some desperation because you come into this game and you know where the Caps are in the standings. And you know where you are in the standings. They're trying to get where you are. So this is a huge game for them. But the Caps come out in the, th- in the second period, and they grab the game. And they do it off a face-off play. Alex Ovechkin gets the goal after a set play where the draw ends up going to Tom Wilson. Brink is kind of crashing on Wilson. Doesn't do a good enough job, Brink, in this situation to take away Wilson's hands and play through his stick. And it, Wilson's able to just touch it after the face-off win from LaPierre, touch it to Ovechkin, and he just gets it off and lightning quick, and beats Sam Harrison low glove. That puts Washington on the board. And you know, you know, it was six games, I think, that Ovechkin went without a goal. And you know that he's the emotional leader of the team. So he gets some cranking. Then at 9.55, Milano is able to kind of pick up a, a bit of a bizarre goal, but really the damage was done when Dylan Strom got in behind the Flyers' D prior to that. So whatever. Milano goes in. He ends up lollipopping one, if you will, wedge. Uh, over the glove of Sam Harrison, kind of a bizarre goal, 2-2. And then at 17:45, this is the one that was the the straw that broke the camel's back. Is that the saying? I don't even know if that's the saying. But John Carlson ends up down low and gets a wraparound goal. And there's a couple of problems with this goal. First and foremost, the line that was out there was caught. It was paling brink. And I forget who the other player was off the top of my head. But they're caught out there in the second period. Brink had an opportunity to get off the ice prior to that. And when you're in the second period of a game, you really got to be mindful of how far you are into a shift and go, okay, do I stay out here or do I, you know, do I stay out here at 37 seconds into a shift or do I see if I can maybe change it 50 seconds into a shift and... But in the second period, you can't take that risk because if you get hemmed in your zone, you're caught. You can't get off the ice, and that's exactly what happens. And Carlson is out there, and when you're dictating, it's not nearly as exhausting as when you're defending and the Flyers are chasing, and Carlson ends up with the wraparound goal. So the puck's out at the point, Ovechkin's out at the point, and the Flyers are really passive in the way they're handling it. This is 5-on-5. Five five. They're really passive and giving them a lot of time to work it around the outside, and brings out high. He can't get there. He's tired. And then eventually when it works its way down around the net, Brink's not able to get there to crash on that far post. His job is to come down and take that away. Just slam the door. And it was just all a little passive. And John Tortorella gave Brink and 
presumably the line, an earful. I'm not a professional lip reader, but I think he said, get the bleep off the ice. And I don't think he was referring to get off right now. I think it's what he's saying is, you need to get off the ice and cut that shift when you have the opportunity to change because you got caught out there too long. And I don't think he liked the fact that he didn't crash down. Now, Torch was asked about Brink after the game. He was asked about, the reporter said, is it fine dealing with Brink as far as, far as he scores goals but living with his defensive mistakes at times? And Torch said no, not with stupidity like that. That's a, that's a thought thing for Brink. That's something he's going to have to learn. This is the thing with young players, especially young players that are high upside offensive players. They haven't had to play in a lot of leagues where they really had to defend. So it takes time for them to learn it. And Bobby Brink's got a ton to learn. He does. And I know he's got a goal in each of the last two games. Good on him. Real early in both games, great. But it's those defensive mistakes that he has got to learn from. And it's going to take time. It is going to take time. It's it's not something you can just go, oh, it's hockey. You Just defend harder. It doesn't work like that. That's not his instincts. So it's going to have to be taught, and there's going to be some hard lessons. And I imagine this is going to be a hard lesson. I'd be surprised if he's in the lineup tonight, to be honest with you, because he did not have a good game on his side of the red line. On the offensive side, he's been fine. On his side of the red line, he's got to be better. And look, you're dealing with some injuries right now. It's tough. Cam Atkinson's out of the lineup. He has not played well. Does he draw back in for Bobby Brink? I don't know. We'll see. But the coaching staff's got some decisions to make. Um, Anthony Mantha scores in the third period on the power play. Flyers just didn't have enough push in the third. 4-2 caps at that point. And then Dylan Strom wraps up the scoring to make it a 5-2 final. And, and again, the frustrating part is that you played a really good first period. You put yourself in a position I just didn't like the way the Flyers did not seem to match the desperation and the intensity of the Washington Capitals. Now, this, these things are going to happen in an 82-game season. Going into the third period, Flyers are down 3-2. You go, okay, we played a pretty junky third period, but we're only down a goal. And the one thing, I said this to Brian Smith on the radio broadcast, I said, the one thing you know, I don't think you have to worry about is this team responding in the third. The room has been good all year. There's a lot of accountability in there. Well, it didn't really show up last night. So now they've put themselves in a situation where they got to go out there and find a way to get a win. They got a, a team that's beat them twice this year in Ottawa. And these weekend games have been costing this Flyers team of late in a way too big of a way. Way too big. They have not been good in these weekend games. And they are in a dogfight. I'll give you the standings in a second, but they're in a dogfight right now, and you cannot keep frittering away points when you get off to a good start or in in these games, especially with these teams that are chasing them. They just have to be better in these situations. So the Flyers of late on the weekends, um, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games is how I'm categorizing that. So... They played back on uh, January 20th. Well, let me go back all the way. Let's go to January 20th. You lose to Colorado, and you lose to Ottawa 5-3, 7-4 and 5-3. Your next weekend game, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, is the 27th of January against Boston. You lose 6-2. You have the Seattle game, February 10th, amidst that five-game or four-game win, win streak. You get that win, 3-2 against Seattle at Wells Fargo Center. 
Then your next weekend game is the Stadium Series game, 6-3 loss against the Devils. Your next weekend game is the Saturday game last week, last Saturday, against New York Rangers, 2-1 loss. And then the Sunday game against the Penguins, 7-6. And then the Friday game last night, a 5-2 loss. Now you got a Saturday game on a back-to-back. Look, Ottawa's on a back-to-back, too. They were at home last night. They lost to Arizona. They're coming in through customs. They got to fly down. Flyers are training it back from Washington, the whole thing. But got to be better on these weekends. This is costing them in a big, big way. They have got to get this straightened out. And they've turned into a team that's kind of going up and down. Look, every team goes up and down throughout a season. But this is what John Tortorella was talking about when he said that these games are going to get a lot tighter and a lot more intense at this time of year. And they have. And they will continue to be that way for the remainder of this season. So if the Flyers are going to find a way this year to make the playoffs, right now they're hanging on. But, I mean, it's going to be tight. These points you could look back on in these Friday, Saturday, and Sunday games, you could look back on them and go, that's what cost us. I mean, the Flyers over their last uh, seven games now are 2-4-1. and one. They've got 24 goals for, and they've given up 27. Giving up too many goals. And I, I would presume, I'm, I, maybe I won't presume. I don't, maybe Sam Harrison does go tonight. He only saw 21 shots in the game. Wasn't his strongest performance either. But does he go tonight in the back-to-back with Felix Sandstrom being called up? Very well could. Very well could, now that I think about it. He could be the, the goaltender that starts the game tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Matter of fact, you know what? I'd start them. I absolutely would start them in this game. Now, look, they're going to have three games in four days. They're going to have to play Monday against St. Louis. Maybe you start Felix Sandstrom in that game. Or maybe you play Sam Harrison again see what the workload's like. But you got 15 games in 30 days this month. You can't play them every single one of them. So you're going to have to get Sandstrom in there eventually. Because you're going to want Harrison to play in the game in Florida and the game against Tampa at the end of the week when they go on the road. They're going to be in Florida on Thursday, and then Saturday they're going to be in Tampa. And right smack in the middle of that is a little thing called the NHL trade deadline. Not having TK right now is hurting them bad. It's hurting them bad. But look, nothing you can do about that. That's part of the deal. All right, so what does it mean in the standings? A taping here when we're taping this. Uh, let me see what the Devils are doing in their game. Uh, they're playing in Anaheim. Anaheim not necessarily uh, the best team in the league. And actually Anaheim's up at 519 to go in the first period. Anaheim's up one to nothing in the game. So here's the updated standings pending what happens with New Jersey. Washington leapfrog New Jersey anyway uh, with the win over the Flyers. And they get now get within four points of the Flyers with two games in hand. So if those two games turn out to be wins, they'd be tied in points. The New Jersey Devils are playing their 60th game as we speak. If they win, say they win, they're down one nothing right now. They get to 66 points. That would be three points back of the Flyers with a game in hand. So you're still in the position, but you cannot keep frittering away points, especially when the Ottawa Senators are coming into town tonight with a record of 25-30-3, 53 points, the second-worst team in the Eastern Conference, a team that on the road this season is 8-16-1. you gotta, you got to make a no-doubt-about-it win against the Ottawa Senators tonight. Or it'll be a lost weekend. Got to find a way to win the game. Plain and simple. 
frustrating game last night. Frustrating games on these weekends of late. You start out this month of March, man, I was so happy after that first period. I'm going, this is how you start off 15 games in 30 days. Then the rest of the game went sideways. Can't do anything about that today. Players got to just move forward. Maybe it's good that they're playing tonight. And you can, you know, let this one go down the drain, this loss against the Caps, and get after the Senators tonight. Still going to be two-point squandered. That's a four-point game last night for a team that's chasing you. Crazy. So we'll see what they can do tonight against Ottawa. We'll break it down tomorrow. I'm just I'm just warning everybody now, if they lose to the Senators tonight, I'm going to be a salty dog tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I don't care how. They, if you lose that game, I don't care how you lose it. I don't care if it's a quadruple tip that's the game-winning goal or what. I don't care. You can't lose the game. So I, I know you guys are with me. You're going to be the, feeling the same way. I, they put themselves in this position by squandering these opportunities, which seems like repeatedly on weekends of late. Got to get something out of your head on these weekend things. It's crazy. This is bananas. All right, we'll break it down tomorrow. Flyers, Senators tonight. I start Erson in the game. I do. We'll see where it goes. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow in a brand new Flyers Daily.